Thank you, Lord. We just rest in his faithfulness. Thank you, Lord. He is faithful. Don't be concerned about trying to get enough faith for this, enough faith for your healing, enough, enough faith for uh, finances in your life. Uh, just focus on his faithfulness. He is faithful to do what he said. Amen. He said he shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Just rest in that. He's faithful to do what he said. He will do whatever he said he would do. Praise God. Are y'all blessed today? Amen. Thank God for the resurrection. Happy Resurrection Sunday, y'all. Praise God. Welcome to everybody that's watching us online. And um, those of us that are in, in person, praise God. Um, it's good to see uh, faces uh, in the house that, that I haven't seen in a while. And um, praise God, we, we look forward to everybody coming back in the house. Amen. Amen. And so thank God for online ministry. Boy, I just, I just saw something in my office, like a globe that was a gift to me. And uh, I didn't realize until I looked at that how long we've been online. Um, I don't know if we, we were streaming that long, but, but the vision was there back in 2012. And the globe says something like uh, Summit Church Online 2012. So, see, God, God knows what he's doing. Amen. And the vision that, that he put in my heart a while back, uh, I didn't know the significance of it. Um, nobody knew that we, had, we, we were going to have a pandemic, but God knew. Amen. And God is taking care of us. Amen. God is watching over his word to perform it. He's watching over you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He's not moved by a pandemic. Okay? And he's got you in the palm of his hand. You are the apple of his eye. Matter of fact, let's confess that. <laughs> okay? Amen. Let's, uh, let's make some confessions today. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. I am well-pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my Father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. I am loved, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, Accepted and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all I was created to be in Jesus' name. Amen. And it's all because of the cross. It's all because of redemption. It's all because of Jesus and the resurrection. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Oh, are y'all praying the Ephesians 1 prayers? One of the things that, that we pray in that, that prayer is that you would know, that we would know the exceeding greatness of his power 
to us who believe, which is according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Thank you, Jesus. And the same power, according to Romans 8.11, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Ooh, man. And see, in that prayer, we're praying that we would know what's the exceeding, immeasurable, you can't even measure it, greatness of that power that's to you who believe. And that power enables you to, uh, it, no matter what you do in life, no matter what your profession is, it will allow you to excel, amen, like Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. You're going to excel. You're going to rise to the top level of, of whatever you do. I'm glad you're excited about that. Today, I want, I want to walk you through something. What happened from the cross to the throne? We're going to walk you through that process today. We're going to put you in Bible school today. All right? So it's important, like if you're watching online, if you go to the restroom, take your phone or tablet with you or, or computer. If Hopefully you're watching on a laptop if you have to step away because this is one of these messages. If you step away, you come back, you'll be lost because I'm going to walk you through a process. And you might come back on, a, on, on something and you're like, what? All right. John 19.30, let's dive right into it. Y'all ready? When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Now, Jesus said this right before he died, three important words. It is finished. Some people act like he started it. But no, he finished it. He finished it because this starts a process of redemption. Amen. And Jesus on the cross took our sin, he took our sickness, he took our poverty. That's right. The Bible tells us that Jesus became poor, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, that we, through his poverty, might become rich. Jesus took our poverty that we might be rich. Rich means abundant provision and a full supply. Jesus was made sin. He became sin, 2 Corinthians 5.21. He became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. See, the cross was an exchange. We were identified with Jesus in every process of his redemption. You see, when, when Jesus was crucified, we were crucified. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. That was an exchange because, because Jesus was crucified for us. In exchange, we have the life of Christ living in us. The life that I now live, Paul said, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in in me. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith 
not your own faith, the faith of the Son of God, who loved me. Oh, I love that. And gave himself for me. That's why he went to the cross. His motivation was his love for us. See, his love was demonstrated for us. God demonstrated his love toward us. That while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Ephesians 2 talks about the great love with which now we love him. See, it's not about your love for God, but about his love for you. The great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, made us alive together with him. See the identification? We were crucified with him. We, we died with Christ. When he died, we died. When he was buried, we were buried. The Bible says we're buried with him. Oh, but it doesn't stop there. He, we, we were made alive with Christ. <laughs> Amen. And then we were raised with Christ. And where did we wind up? Seated with him. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, some fascinating things happen from the cross to the throne, and I'm going to walk you through some things. In, so in, in this verse, it says, Jesus said, it is finished. Now, it's important that you, that you understand what was finished. What was finished was the law. When he said it is finished, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, what was finished was the law. Say, the law was finished. So, the moment that Jesus died, when he gave up his spirit, the Bible says that the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. Okay, that signified that the old covenant law was finished. Thank you, Jesus. And so Colossians says, he took the handwriting of ordinances. Watch this. This is Colossians uh, chapter 2, I believe it's it's in verse uh, 13 or 14. But... If you're taking notes, write this down. I I don't have the scripture lined up for you, but uh, you have verse 14 and 15. Check that out. He took the handwriting of ordinances. Now, the law was finished. The law consists of 613 laws. In fact, my Bible software will bring up all of those 613. Okay. I haven't read them all. I don't care to do that. But Then there's the big ten. Some people just think the law is the ten commandments. That was a part of it. The big ten. Okay. The big ten is what he's talking about right here. That wasn't the whole law. But the handwriting of ordinances, what is that referring to? The ten commandments that God wrote on the tablets of stone with his finger? God's handwriting. Okay. So he took the handwriting of ordinances that was, watch this. Watch this. Against us. See, the law is not for you. The law was never given to make a man righteous. It couldn't do it. The law's purpose was to bring man to the end of himself and to get man to realize that he couldn't keep it. See, again, back to the exchange on the cross. Jesus 
on the cross, took our place. He took our sin. He was, he never committed any acts of sin, but he became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So it was our sin for his righteousness. Jesus on the cross took upon himself what he didn't deserve so that we could receive what we didn't deserve. Amen. And righteousness is not something you earn. It's not a goal to be achieved. It's a gift to be received. See, having received the abundance of grace, Romans 5.17, and the gift of righteousness, we reign in life. Okay? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So the, so the cross was an exchange. So it says that he took the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, that was not only that, contrary to us. So you see, the law is not for us. It was against us. It was contrary to us. Watch this. You know what he said next? He said he took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. See, a lot of people miss that in the resurrection story. He nailed the law to the cross. And specifically here, he's referencing the Ten Commandments. We're not to live under the Ten Commandments today. We are, that's finished. Thank you, Lord. So, that's what that's referring to. Now, let's jump over to John chapter 20, and we're going to look at verse, verse 17. Now, Jesus said, I'm going to go back and forth to a couple of scriptures here. Jesus said to her, this is Mary, this is after the resurrection. Jesus appeared to Mary and said, don't cling to me. Or don't touch me. Okay? Now watch this. A little while later after the resurrection, he appeared to the disciples and he said, see my hands and my feet, that, that it's I myself? He said, touch me. And see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Everybody say, touch me. So, Jesus here told Mary, don't touch him. It's not, and, and that's not because of COVID. Because there's a reason for this. Later on, now, so, so the question that, that I want to present to you and we're going to answer for you is why did he tell Mary to touch him or cling to me and then later on tell the disciples to touch him? He said, Mary... He told Mary, don't cling to me, don't touch me. Later, the disciples, he told the disciples to touch me. Something happened in between those two times. And here's, here uh, Jesus tells her, why don't cling to me? For I have yet ascended to the Father. As I was studying this recently, I saw something I never saw before. I've, I've read this many times. He said, do not cling to me. I have not for or because I have not yet ascended to the Father. 
Now, why is he going to ascend to the Father? To present his blood. Now, this is after he was raised from the dead. He needed to go into heaven and present his blood in the heavenly holy of holies to obtain eternal redemption for us. So before that time, he didn't want to be touched. Don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to the Father, but I go, but go to my brothers, referring to the disciples, and say to them, I am ascending. Now, here's what I missed for so many, so many years. I'm ascending to my father. Okay, I get that. Watch this. Your father. And my, to my God, I'm ascending to my God and, and your God. So, so what I'm doing is on your behalf and for your benefit. Now, he's not just my father. He's your father. See, when Jesus walked the earth, he was only father. God was only father to Jesus. Even, see, even the disciples. Now, now, now watch this. The disciples and all the Old Testament saints, listen, they were not born again. Jesus was the first person Born again. So Jesus ministered under the old covenant. Even the disciples that followed him weren't born again. Watch this. They were, they were saints because they were saved. But nobody could be born again until Jesus was raised from the dead and went to heaven to present his blood. Got it? And when that happened... He made his father our father. (laughs) Man, I don't know how I missed that for so many years. He said, I'm about to ascend to my father and your father, to my God and to your God. Now, let's, let's go through this process. Let's look at this fellow on the cross. And he had a lot of sense. He asked Jesus to remember me when when, when, when you go into your kingdom. And Jesus told him something. This is very significant. Jesus said, truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Now, where is paradise? I'm going to answer that question for you. Now, with this, I'm going to give you a homework assignment, and that's in Luke chapter 16 in the story. This is not a parable. This is the story of the rich man and Lazarus, okay? And uh, it's a very chilling story, and, and it really, uh, reading this story, it, it, it really, to me, helps me to see that, man, we've we got to get this word out to people because there is a hell. And so the rich man, I mean, he lived it up in his life. This, rich, this specific, particular rich man, the specific rich man. See, because in a parable, Jesus never says a certain man. So that's what happens in this story. That's why we know it's not a parable. 
And there, there was a certain rich man. Man, he lived it up. He, lived, he, was, he was living that life, okay? But see, he didn't know God. And, uh, but but the, uh, there was this poor man who uh, he longed for the crumbs that were, would fall from this rich man's table, but nobody gave it to him. Well, in the process of time, they both died. And if Jesus tarries, we will all die. Okay, Jesus is coming back. There will be people on the earth when he comes back. Okay, but if Jesus tarries, we'll all die, like this rich man, like Lazarus. Okay, but the Bible tells us that the the poor man or the beggar, uh, he died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. Oh, yes. That was a wonderful funeral they had for that rich man. Wasn't, it, wasn't that beautiful? That was a beautiful end to the rich man's life. Man, all those flowers, all those tributes pouring in from all over the world. This man was famous. No, wait a minute. It didn't stop there. Death is not the end. It said the rich man died and was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment. So, so death is not the end. Death is just a separation of your spirit and soul from your body. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Death is simply a separation of your spirit and soul from your body. And so the part of the rich man and the beggar that was in the grave was their body. But their spirit and soul... The, the, the spirit and soul of the poor man went to Abraham's bosom or Abraham's side. The beggar's spirit and the beggar's spirit and soul, did I say that right? Poor man's spirit and soul went to Abraham's side. The rich man's spirit and soul was in torments. Hell had two sections. There was Abraham's bosom or also known as, a.k.a. paradise. Remember the Old Testament saints? None of them were born again. They were saved. So what happened to the Old Testament saints? This is heavy, y'all. But what happened to the Old Testament saints when they died? They went to a place called paradise. Okay? The rich man didn't know God. He was in torments. That was the, that's the lower region of hell where the rich man was. Where the poor man or the beggar was was in the upper region of hell, paradise. Recap. Hell had two sections. Paradise and the place, we'll call it the place of torments. Paradise was where the beggar was at Abraham's uh, side. Now, the place of torments got to be pretty, pretty bad. And some people think hell is made up. Mm -mm. Don't, don't tell the rich man that. The rich man, it was so bad, he said, he's, so these areas, obviously, they could, they, they could see into the other realm. Because in the place of torments, he saw Abraham and the beggar by Abraham's side in paradise. So he said, say, 
Abraham, okay, now, the rich man's talking to Abraham. He said, Abraham, send Lazarus. Now, while they were on the earth, he wouldn't give him no crumbs. Now he needs some help. He said, send Lazarus that, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am tormented in this flame. Now, I'm not trying to, to scare the hell out of people. I'm just, because we got good news for you. You don't have to go there. The, the, the hell was not made for man. It was made for the devil and his, and his angels. If you go to hell, it's because you want to. You choose to because you reject the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the whole reason why he went to the cross, so you wouldn't go there. And so you can live an abundant life and live the life of God. The rich man said, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in his flame. Now, here's what I want you to see. Now, again, I'm, I'm not going to it right now, but, but that's your homework assignment. Go check it out. What I'm telling you is right. And, and basically what he said, can't do that. That's what Abraham, Abraham's response, I can't do that. He said, because we can't pass from here to you, and you can't pass, nobody can pass between the two places. Nobody can pass from you to us. See, once you die, it's final. Where you go is where you go. If you receive Jesus, you go and be with Jesus. If you're born again. If you're not born again, you go to that other place. That place of torment. You don't want to go there. Don't get sad. Get glad because you don't have to go there. He said, Abraham told him, there's a great gulf fixed. So so between the two places, one can't pass from from one place to the other place. Now go back to to paradise. This is where all, all the Old Testament saints were. They weren't in the place of torment. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. That's where Jesus went. See, he's not talking about heaven because he wasn't going to heaven today. (laughs) He had to spend three days and three nights in paradise. He went to paradise. Okay, watch this. This is where the Old Testament saints were. Okay, I want you to see in in, uh, 1 Peter. Now, if you, don't, if you don't understand, if you don't put these scriptures together, this could look kind of strange to you. This is talking about Jesus in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison. Now, turn to that. Let me um, see if I want you to read something else there. But 1 Peter 3. Y'all getting something out of this? Oh, verse, wrong verse. Okay, verse 19, in which he proclaimed. Okay, uh, verse, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison. What spirits in prison? 
These were the Old Testament saints. He preached to them. Can you imagine what that message was? Hey, y'all, let's finish. Praise God. The devil is defeated. Thank you, Jesus. He's preaching to those folks in prison. All right? Now, Jesus was made alive after three days and three nights, and he got a glorified body. Now, when you pick up the Bible and you, um, the Bible is not, if you have a Bible like mine, and all the Bibles I looked at, it's the same way. They have the New Testament starting here. I don't know if you can see that, but it says the New Testament. If you open it up, it's going to be what, what book? Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. starts with the book of Matthew, but actually the New Testament did not start in Matthew 1, 1. Your Bible split up wrong. The New Covenant started when Jesus breathed on the disciples and they received the Holy Spirit in John chapter 20, verse 22. You follow me? That's when the new covenant started. Okay. The new covenant started after Jesus was, was born again and then the first people born again were his, his disciples and he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. This is not... The baptism with the Holy Spirit, this is the, the Holy Spirit in the new birth. They were born of the Holy Spirit. So technically, the new covenant started then. The church started in John chapter 20 and verse 22. Now, we're going through this process. Now, y'all still with me? So what did he do after he preached to these spirits in, in prison? He went back, now let's look at something, a very, very bizarre verse here. It talks about these Old Testament saints and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection. <laughs> this, is, this is really cool. Um, in, let me see what the verse previous to that says. Um, Matthew 27 and verse 50. I should have gave you these other scriptures. What was I thinking? Okay, well, I'm going to give it to you now. Just write it down. Oh, I just want to keep backing up, backing up, backing up. Uh, Jesus cried with a loud voice. Okay, this is after when Jesus said it's finished and so forth. And then verse 50 says, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to the bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split. Verse 52, the tombs also were open. Now, this, this, this didn't happen right after he died. Watch, watch this. And many, what does it mean the tombs were open? Watch this. And the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep, all the Old Testament saints, were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection. So after Jesus preached to the spirits in prison, he comes back. He's, he's starting to ascend now. Now, he's, he's not yet 
going to present his blood, he stops off on his way to the throne to present his blood, stops off in the earth, but you know who he brings with him? All these Old Testament saints. He closed the shop called paradise. (laughs) He emptied paradise, took all those Old Testament saints with him, stopped off at the earth, let them go into the tombs and pick up their bodies and have a little fun. The Bible says they appeared to many. They're walking around. Isn't that cool? Now, Jesus was the only one who had a glorified body. They had to go, go and get their old body. And they're walking around. And that's when Jesus went to Mary and said, look, don't touch me yet. Then he ascends to heaven while these Old Testament saints are still walking around. He goes to heaven, presents his blood in the heavenly holy of holies and obtains eternal redemption for us. Thank you, Jesus. He had to go into heaven, present his blood. Amen. Say, I'm redeemed. The Bible says we've not been corrupt, been redeemed. We have not been redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus as of a lamb without spot, without blemish. See, that's what, this is what the Old Testament sacrifices were a type of. The blood of goats and animals, those were a type of Jesus. A type of Jesus' blood. That's why there's no more sacrifices today. Because Jesus' sacrifice made us perfect. Thank you, Jesus. So after he presented his blood, he came back down to the earth. And he appeared to the disciples. He said, now handle me. Touch me. He can be touched now because why? He He went into heaven and presented his blood. Okay? But it's not finished yet. Then he, he told the Old Testament saints, you know, y- y'all got to put your bodies back because we got to go. So they put their bodies back. And so then the Bible tells us, let's look at, um, oh, here's a scripture I want you to see in Ephesians. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He went into paradise. He who descended is the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And that's what I wanted to describe to you right now because in uh, Acts chapter 1. So after he presented his blood, he came back down to the earth. He gave final instructions to the disciples. He tells them to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. This is after he presented his blood told the Old Testament saints, go put your bodies back. <laughs> now, in verse 6 in Acts 1, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Now, he told them to go and wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now, they were already, listen, they were already, the church had already started, they were already born again. 
but they're not ready for ministry till you get this power. Now, I know they're excited about going and, and preaching to everybody, but he, he said, you're not ready. He said, wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued or clothed upon with power from on high. And that's what happened in Acts chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost was fully come and they were all with one accord in one place and there appeared uh, divided tongues of fire to fill the house where they were sitting um, and, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Here he says, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And, we had, and when he had said these things, as they were looking, he was lifted up in a cloud, took him out of their sight. That's not a rain cloud. These were the Old Testament saints that went up with him. The cloud. Notice the cloud. Look at, um, and while they were gazing, into heaven as he went. Behold, two men stood by them in white robes. They were like, wow, did y'all see that? And, you know, the, you know that's what the, the disciples were like kind of looking at each other, man. You imagine that? He just like went up. But these angels said, look, men of Galilee, why are y'all tripping? <laughs> he said, this Jesus so why, why do you stand looking, looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you, he's coming back. He's appearing. He's going to come. Don't get it twisted. He's coming back, y'all. It may be in your lifetime. We'll come in the same way as you saw him go. Remember the cloud received him? Why am I saying that's the Old Testament saints? Because it, that's what the Bible refers to as the cloud, the cloud of witnesses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, those are the Old Testament saints. They are in heaven right now cheering us on. So go get it. Go, go, go after it. Get them people saved. Get those people uh, uh, blessed and and redeemed and prosperous, preach the gospel to them so they'll get saved and blessed and healed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He said, we're surrounded with this great cloud of witnesses. Let us also lay aside every weight which sin and, 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 and sin which clings so closely and let us, see, don't be tripping with sin. He said, lay it aside because we've been redeemed. Amen. You don't have sin in you. He took, he became sin that you might become righteousness, right, the righteousness of God. So lay aside every weight. Not just, and a weight's not a sin. Sometimes stuff just weights. That's a whole message in that. Some folk not in sin, they just, they do things that's not expedient. Like, Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. What are you doing that's not expedient? That's weighing you down. Lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race 
that is set before us. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you, Lord Jesus.